Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 260. Yep, good evening everybody. Welcome to tonight's episode of Gatecast. We will be watching the episode The Game, Stargate Atlantis. And I believe we have a guest, Alan. Would you care to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Mr. Buckley. I'm right, sci-fi <laughs> and other things. And I also run the Cypher Cliff Simon fan network, which is... <laughs> yeah, I'm not really with it today. Yeah, um, I've forgotten the address. I'm having a moment. Oh, not... <laughs> I really am. It's cliffsimonfans.net. Yeah, he's going to kill me. There we go. <laughs> Mike will fix that in post and it will sound perfectly smooth. Sometimes leaving it just as it was. <laughs> yeah, we are endorsed. We, have, we were endorsed, gosh, what is it, two or three weeks ago? Yeah, kind of, we're kind of official now. Oh. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, he has a link on his web page and on the IMDB site, which was a little bit kind of, I, I may have run around screaming at that. <laughs> Well, that's one thing about Stargate, you know, the fan base does embrace its actors. Look at our Twitter feed, just taking as a whole, you know, you've got huge sections of it that love Cliff Simon, and Michael Shanks is well represented, David Hewlett is as well. They're kind of the big three. David's adorable. <laughs> David's basically a teddy bear. Yeah. It's just a pity, miserable second this, that when Cliff does get a guest role, often it's rather short. Yes, unfortunately. Pivotal, but short. Is he another Alan Tudyk, then? No, Alan's probably had... Well, he's had recurring roles in shows, hasn't he, before they killed him off. I think Dollhouse is the only one that comes to mind. Anything else I've seen him in, he's, he's dead before the end of the episode. Uh, well, it was in V. He got about three or four episodes of that before they killed him, I think. No, they, uh, he died twice. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he died in episode three, and then it turned out that where she thought their heart was isn't where their heart was, and they came back for a brief sort of ten-minute chat with somebody on the operating table, and then your man vivisected them. So, yeah, he got to die twice. Well, that's something in itself, isn't it? <laughs> Speaking of Cliff Simon, Miser has agreed to join us for when we cover Continuum. <laughs> won't be long, you know. No, it won't be now, will it? Before the end of this year, I'd imagine. I mean, just recently we've seen Cliff Simon in, well, I've seen him in Castle and NCIS New Orleans, I think Mr. were talking about his guest point in a couple of episodes of The Americans. Yes, which he survived. Ooh. I know. Oh. <laughs> we were all very shocked. He had a, a walk-on for NCIS, didn't he, as a freighter captain? Yeah, it, it really was a blink and miss. I mean, he did yeah. survive that one as well, but I, I think anyway, I can't actually remember. Even when I was taking a screenshot of that, you know, I had to be careful. <laughs> Just one frame, <laughs> come on, come on. Oh, missed him. <laughs> yeah. I think I got one, uh, but yeah, it was a very, very blink and miss it. The NCIS New Orleans is quite interesting, actually. I quite enjoyed that one. Of course, it's all on the team, but yeah. The only thing, and this is a spoiler alert, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm taking only, the headphones off for 30 seconds. My only issue with the NCIS New Orleans is his character is supposed to be this hard guy who deals with drug barons and gun smugglers and all this this and he trusts this guy he picks up in prison yeah <laughs> and ends up dead because it's like a guy that with it is not gonna make a stupid mistake never turn your back on anybody no would he you? wouldn't so yeah he does end up dead in that the flesh pulp podcast three to ten minutes of fiction brought to you thrice weekly 200 miles below the surface of the earth at the terminus of a series of long sealed caverns and interconnected shines, under the shadow of the eternally bleeding eye, there is a crippled wreck of a man writing tales, stories of a dimension engulfed in madness. He is writing them of you. Think them all at fleshpulp.com or search for it on iTunes Flashpulp Audio if you like your audio drama a little bit different in a very pulpy vein give it a go
You'll enjoy it. As usual, we'll be watching the Region 2 DVD copy of this episode. Runtime of uh, 41 minutes, 48 seconds, so if you fancy watching along with us, follow Alan's countdown, get it ready, we're at a black screen, zero, 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 zero. And tonight's snack food is mixed fruit and nuts with coconut flakes. <laughs> that sounds rather healthy, considering you were going to binge later on. Yeah, well, the pack is open, so I'm eating it before it goes off. <laughs> nuts and dried coconut flakes. And dried fruit. Yeah, that's that's gonna, that's got to matter. Carry on. Misha, in what language would you prefer the countdown? I'm not bothered. You're not bothered. Well, in honour of my exam on Thursday. Exams, actually. One spoken and listening, one written. Was it going to be Swedish? So, yeah. Okay. And most of our regular listeners will be familiar with the first three Swedish numbers. A quick interjection. We had some connection issues with Missa during the podcast. So we will be losing her partway through. But don't worry. She will return. Okay. I might include a tweet on how to spell them just purely for badness. Three. At clicky. Okay then. Nice little opening shot of the city. Say there's a runaway train. It's hurtling out of control towards ten people standing in the middle of the tracks. This isn't going to go well. No one but Rodney really cares about this. The only problem is, there is a baby in the middle of those tracks. Why would anyone leave a baby in harm's way like that? (laughs) Exactly. It's it's an ethical dilemma. Look, Katie Brown brought it up over dinner the other night. (laughs) Katie, we haven't seen her for a while. Hmm. I think the last time we saw her was a duet. Wouldn't the people just see the train coming and move? No, no, they wouldn't see it. Why not? <laughs> They're in a tunnel. It's dark. They're blind. All of them? Yes, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps they're committing suicide. But they're deaf, too. <laughs> Come on, John, squirt him with that orange. <laughs> you almost feel sorry for him. <laughs> Outrun it and shove everyone to the side. Or better yet, go get the baby. Oh, for God's sake, I was just trying Rodney? to... Rodney? Yes, go ahead. Major Lord just dialed in from M4D058. He says he's got something you'll want to see. Hmm. Now, normally they do a video link to another room for these TV shots, but this is actually a, a green screen and matted in at a later time. Hmm. An advanced civilization. Yeah, that's what we thought. Now, keep your eye on yeah. the Canadian flag on Rodney's shoulder. Hmm. You'll be seeing it in a bit, but hmm. slightly modified. Sergeant, these people don't exactly look like they're ready to be launching any satellites. At least not for the next 500 years or so. Ancients probably put him up there. Or maybe Rupert Murdoch. He's really expanding. Uh, actually, I think Dr. McKay may want to come check this one out for himself. Why? Who? Oh. <laughs> Trust me. Oh! There he goes. <laughs> Get rid of the maple leaf and slap Rodney on it. <laughs> A portrait of Rodney. Pride of place on the flag. We salute you, sir. Yeah, two guilty schoolboys there. Oh, I've, said, yeah. I've said this before. How does Mike pick up his voice from up there? That is what? I'll say again after. Right then, The Game, Season 3, Episode 15 of Stargate Atlantis. Gatecast, Episode 260. This episode was directed by William Waring from a story by Don Whitehead and Holly Henderson. The screenplay was by Carl Binder. Had its world premiere in Canada, December the 18th, 2006. We got it in the UK February the 7th, 2007, the Americans May the 11th, Sweden November the 16th, Germany January the 23rd, 2008, and Japan January the 28th, 2009. There were a lot of shows with episodes of the same name. Dirty Sexy Money, Desperate Housewives, Alien Nation, Starsky and Hutch, Saved by the Bell, Hell on Wheels, Let and The Next Generation. Right then, we're back. How the hell did your face get on that flag? Oh, I don't know. Oh dear. Wait, wait, here's the thing, though. That flag's very similar to the one I designed in our game. It's exactly like the one you designed in our game. What game? What game? <laughs> They've got an entire... You don't really expect these to be spending the free time together, do you? What game? So many stories could have been told. Just beginning, we were exploring the city. Yeah. When we discovered a room, there were several ancient consoles and screens. It's quite an impressive layout. As usual, everything sprang to life as soon as we entered. I'm not quite sure that's really important, given that ancient technology does tend to spring to life when somebody with a gene either touches it or walks close to it. There was a, was a screen with a map that we assumed was of the Atlantean mainland. Yes, <laughs> but you were wrong. Right there, you go. We can tell you. 
You mentioned nothing about a game, though. That's because at first we didn't know what it was. Then Rodney studied it more closely. He realized it wasn't a geological lab at all. Now, it turns out it was, in fact, a, a kind of uh, ancient game room. Most of the on-screen graphics at this point were not available. Mm-hmm. So they had to green screen everything. Get the actors to actually, you know, interact with nothing. Control. Two societies separated by a river straight down the middle. Shepard took one country, I took the other. <laughs> the little, again, the little boy. Oh. <laughs> Poor Elizabeth. I <laughs> know. Having to pull up with these bears. I think you need to check this planet out. Uh-oh. <laughs> Patience of the saint. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> a pretty picture. Yeah. Is there really a good idea to send both of them? The commentary, Will Waring and Brenton Spencer, they were the DP for this episode. They pointed out it was kind of a homage to uh, the Civilization games. Which Ian Banks was a big fan of. Yeah. Figure out the best way to run your country. Yeah, you build roads, you uh, establish laws, mold it to your own specific ideology. You can control everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. What will Rodney go for? Transportation. I mean, every detail can be manipulated. I mean, right down to the women's hairstyles. Graphics-wise, not that advanced. Wow, doesn't that look familiar? Hello there. So how do you win this game? It's not really about winning. It's more about uh, whose society outshines the others. I mean, who creates a better infrastructure? Would you trust anybody, though, not to actually, you know, while you're off doing something else, for them to come around and muck about with your controls? Making a list of demands and not giving anything in return is not negotiating. Oh, dear. It's aggressive negotiation. What are you know about? Yeah. Oh, right, to build defensive fortifications for your army, which he doubled in size, by the way. Surprise, surprise. I only did that after you started cheating. I did not cheat. He's giving his people... Boys, you're supposed to be flying the jumper in orbit. You're trying to make planet fall. Yeah. Gelder. It's the name of Rodney's country. Named it after a girl he stalked in college. I did not stalk her. We dated twice. Stalk? <laughs> yeah, so he has a thing. Logical land, the kingdom of Geldar. <laughs> oh dear. What did you call your country? Well, I just kept the name it already had. John Land. <laughs> oh, there are the satellites. Dozens of them. Hmm. Very regular pattern. Yeah. I would have thought they'd needed that many. I mean, these are ancient satellites after all. You're not going to be able to with that. No. Definitely looks ancient. Huh. And active. It's transmitting a tremendous amount of data. Alright, let's check it out. <laughs> Think about it, lads. Think about it. It does take them a surprising amount of time to figure it out. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, right at the beginning when they saw the flag, it was there, the look on it. Something's wrong. But they're still not putting two and two together. This is so steampunk. Look at it. It's beautiful. <laughs> Don't see Jupiter's ending is steampunk on at least four different levels. You say so. That bike is inherently unstable. Yeah, something you see in every medieval village. Yes, well, the Renaissance obviously came early to these folks. A couple hundred years early. Yes, above average number of jote blondes in this community. Um, Rodney? This is the uh, traditional village set. Yeah. Totally redressed. <laughs> Admire me and be amazed. But I am the Rodney. You can see Ronan in the background examining one of the crossbows. Very much in character. <laughs> You're just posing. I don't know if it's deliberate or... Oh. Say something. Like what? I don't know. Hello. Yes, Laura Harris. I am Nola. Yes, well, uh, this is Lieutenant Colonel John Shepard, Taylor Morgan, Ronan Dex, and I'm McKay, Dr. Rodney McKay. You may have seen her in Defying Gravity. She's also in Dead Like Me, 24, and Women's Murder Club. Hmm. Very popular Canadian actress. That reminds me of Tashi A lot prettier than Denise Crosby, to be honest. Hmm. You are the Oracle. The Oracle? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, this is going to go straight to his head. Not that he even needs it. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Geldar. Uh-oh. So, are there any perks that come with this job? <laughs> oh, dear. 
please forgive my nervousness. I never thought you'd appear to us in the flesh. Why do you refer to him as the Oracle? The Oracle is a wise and omnipotent deity. <laughs> so it is written. <laughs> my guess is that the original Oracle actually guided this community a lot better than uh, Rodney and John ended up doing. The Oracle ceased all communications. War with the Wraith. Our people were puzzled by this, but they continued to adhere to his instructions, living their lives according to his teachings, which they passed down from generation to generation. Oh, I don't like that portrait. <laughs> the eyes follow you. <laughs> yes. They've come periodically. Called our people, destroyed our villages. Those who survived, rebuilt, but only to the level at which the Oracle had instructed before he left. I wonder what criteria the uh, Atlanteans set down for uh, the society's development. And two years ago, he did. The Oracle resumed communicating with us, teaching us many new things. Mm -hmm. And he did. ...of our scientific endeavours, changed the name of our country and even revealed his likeness to us. They've been playing this game for two years, then. Yeah. They kept it quiet. And you communicate through that. The portal, yes. In fact, it's almost as if <laughs> they didn't want anybody else to know. It's through this that we receive our instructions. And the Oracle knows when you've carried them out? Again, another green screen. We must be tracking everything that's going on and then relaying it via subspace back to Atlantis. It's remarkable. So, not a game after all. No, that's obviously some kind of uh, ancient experiment, uh, social development, to try out different ways to create civilizations. This country here. Helena. This was originally embedded in the wall, and then they realised that half the episode would be people staring at a wall. Yeah. A bit difficult to make interesting and exciting. Having it as a table also made it easy for the director to block all the actors out. Yeah, and gives you sort of tactile feedback. It is an amazing piece of technology. It appears to be a, a sociological experiment designed by the ancients to help them as they were seeding various civilizations throughout Pegasus. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. The ancients actually physically seeding planets and they'd want a, a way to keep an eye on them. We're not talking about a few hundred, we're talking tens of thousands. Makes you wonder why they haven't seen this sort of satellite array before. Again? Were you gone? No, no, I was here. I was just quiet. <laughs> that doesn't work for the podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we get that on the commentary sometimes. They're not saying anything. Then all of a sudden, I'm watching the episode and not talking. <laughs> some have been idle for the past 10,000 years, I guess, awaiting instructions from the ancients. But some have managed to develop on their own, even flourish. Oh, dear. Resources, then. Give us a location. Come on. Completely wiped out. Not, not that Rodney's and Colonel Shepard's societies are on this path. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, give them time. About, what, 30 minutes? <laughs> it's amazing the attraction of this. Steady, boy. Steady. Now, now, Zelenka. <laughs> Lock this lad up. <laughs> We've managed to achieve propulsion through hand-powered propellers, but now we're undertaking tests of steam-powered propulsion. I bet nobody volunteered for that job. I completed a test that proved quite promising. Really? That's great. <laughs> Not nice. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I mean, this is, this is quite an achievement. Uh-oh. Now, here you have the civilised community yeah. and what looks like a barbaric community. What's he doing here? Wasn't my idea. Dr Rodney McKay? Meet bait. Oh. Your guy. My guy. Yeah, <laughs> I should have you arrested for trespassing. Go ahead and try. Easy now. I brought him here because we need to have a little discussion. Mm -hmm. There was a thought of having some sort of a relationship between these pair before the troubles came between them, but it never really got beyond maybe a little slight flirting at times. Hmm. Baden is played by the British actor David Dayan Fisher. He's been in NCIS, 24, National Treasure, Dark Knight Rises and The Bill. It's a shame they already used Peter Woodward because I think he's been quite good for this role. In some nice villages. No people riding bicycles or hot air balloons because we weren't cheating. I didn't cheat. Have you come to agree to our trade proposals? You mean demands? <laughs> oh, we've heard this before, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> and I refuse to sit at the same table. Look, look please just, just sit. <laughs> Your oracle commands it. Your guard request. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we must sit, otherwise we get with the thunderbolting and the burning and the aye, aye, aye. <laughs> Have your people lived like this for thousands of years? No. Drop the bombshell. There was once peace between our lands. Yes. Uh -huh. 
Oh, no. So this hostility, um, did it start a few years ago? Yes. <laughs> Shortly after the Oracle resumed communicating with us. Hmm. Uh-oh. Yes. Rodney looks slightly sick. <laughs> Our fault. Our fault. <laughs> even Ronan. Oh, dear. Ronan normally lights a good fire, but it, he can, it, even it, he can see where it's going. Is that the Ronan version of a face pan? Yeah, he actually had that, doesn't he? <laughs> you got the feeling that wasn't scripted. That looked like it came from the actor. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Tuba? Tuba, yeah, tuba. It, uh, it is indigenous to the planet. It's, um, it's like a potato. First pigeons, now potatoes. God bless the Lenka. <laughs> because it's not a potato. It's 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 larger. It, it it has the same texture and nutrients as a potato, but it, it it's a, it, like a cantaloupe. A potato, then a cantaloupe. <laughs> potato. They were quite pleased with how these two actors worked together. Of course, as I said last time, Major Lorne, Caven Smith just returned to the series from the forty four hundred. <laughs> this is one of his twenty nine episodes. He appears on Atlantis. He also did a single episode of SG One. Hmm. Oh, come on, Doc. You can either stand here and let the people die, or you can help them out. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Sounds like Major Lorne is that little devil on his shoulder. The red not taken. Well, there's maybe in a geek. Okay. Uh... <laughs> maybe could have explained it better. Once you've carried out the instructions, the satellites transmit the real-time results back to us on our homeworld. He's not impressed. You think? So... You're saying this is a game? No. Burn the gods. <laughs> well, we thought it was a game, but... We uh, didn't know there were real people on the other end. This isn't going very well at all. You are the Oracle. I'm your Oracle. Minus the toga and kebab. That doesn't sound right. I, I know this is difficult to absorb, but it is all true. He flew in the puddle jumper. You know they have the technology. I'm not listening to this. Just hold on here a second. We can prove it to you. How? Let's go for a ride. They're taking them both to Atlantis already. Come on. And don't they normally have to get Weir's permission when they bring aliens back? So I'm very happy when Lucia turned up. Yeah. And then everyone was happy when Lucia turned up. <laughs> you got the feeling that Baden might not be impressed with a woman in charge either. Baden, Nola, this is Dr. Weir, leader of our expedition. Welcome to Atlantis. If these two gentlemen haven't done so already, let me please offer you our sincerest apologies for this intrusion into your lives. Intrusion? Not an imposition, maybe, and a benevolent one at that. I mean, if you could have seen the villages now compared to the way they were when we started. Rodney. Blah, 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 Rodney. Shut up. <laughs> of course, they could join forces and raid Atlantis. <laughs> Try to take over. Yep. Shall we? Look at Badan. I'm sure he's already worked out the best way to attack control room. So, this is Geldar, and this is Helona. Look. Two weeks ago, I instructed you to start digging a well for the new settlement on the eastern slope, and look here. There. See? Smug mode engaged. Construction's already begun. Yeah, don't look so pleased with yourself, Rodney. This is not good. I gave the order myself. Just a puppet, and Rodney's pulling the strings. Our lives are just a game. Well, now, no. They're not games to you, and in our defense... We were trying to improve your lives. Just like you said, everything we did, every instruction we gave was to better conditions for your people. If that meant you. Oh dear. In many ways, they're just puppets. Literally, they are. They cannot be taking this well. You're just trying to get one up on each other. Looking for advantages. That's a nice night shot. He's upset. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. You hungry? Because we, we can walk across to the mess hall. They've got, um, uh, I think it's uh, Salisbury steak today. It's very good. They have they have a gravy that they put on the. On the now you're offering mistake. The oracle was a god to us. I believed in his teachings. So much so that my people elected me leader because of my passion for scientific advancement. Oh, so you were the zealot of the community then? So they made you the boss. <laughs> that the oracle is only a man. Yeah, it's probably. Good idea that Pryor never came to this lot. Yeah. They'd be following right behind. They probably don't seem to be in this galaxy. Eventually, give them time. No, no, it is not about winning or losing. It's about how you play the game. Bottom line, Rodney, you've taken away the right of these people to determine how they develop, how they live their lives. I mean, what were you two years ago? Huh? You, were a, you were a primitive, disparate cluster of villages stalled in development. Now you're making dirigibles. Yeah. 
You're not making any friends here, Rodney. Hmm. Before I came along, you were nothing. Ask not what Geldar can do for you, but what you can do for Geldar. Oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yes. Well, you can never go wrong if you steal from the best. Oh, doesn't he look super uncomfortable? Yeah. The Book of Rodney, you know, basically lifted from dozens of other works. Homage. Not stealing. No, not homage. We need more weapons. That's a spirit. The flying machine you brought us here in. We called it a puddle jumper. Our army could use it. No, can't do that. In the commentary, they mentioned they had a bit of continuity issues with this at the coffee mug and the way it's pointing. Mm. That's not the way it was pointing a second ago. Exactly. <laughs> Obviously, they shot each actor's line separately. And the, in between times, the mug moved. The people of Geldar have started digging a mine beneath our borders to exploit coal resources on our land. Oh, how very corporate. It was only confirmed yesterday. Tell you what, forget about the coal. Let me teach you about plutonium and uranium. I didn't think he would start digging. I'm curious to know what response you would have to such an incursion. I believe your next command would be to launch an attack on the mine. Prevent them from digging further. I think the followers of both these communities became so because they thought exactly like the oracles did. Mm. Admit it, John. Oh, <laughs> You'd be storming over there with a gun. What is it? Game or no game, the fact remains we've started something these people don't seem to want to stop. They hate each other and maybe headed for a very real war. Great. Great. And this is thanks to your benevolent imposition? So, let's just shut the game down, wash our hands of it, and never go back. Hang on. This is Elizabeth Weir. Isn't this what she does? Isn't she an expert in negotiating peaceful settlements to conflict? Oh, the dreaded spiky table. Misa? Yeah, hi, uh... <laughs> Everything okay, then? Yeah, fine. I don't know what happened. It just sort of dropped... What are the spikes for? <laughs> We've never figured yeah. out what purpose they serve. Except to injure somebody. Darn right dangerous. But at least it's in safe mode. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start by going back a few years to the time when your two peoples lived in peace? Come on, there was romance there. Two leaders gazing across a river. One with a bit of technology, one with lots of farmland. We begin to see how the people of Helona had been abusing thousands of years of kindness from us. I've done everything I could to achieve peace with you. Really? Such as? I sent gifts of goodwill. You sent crates of citrus fruit. Citrus! Do you have any idea what an insult that is to my people? Didn't used to be. <laughs> no. Until two years ago, they loved their uh, lemons and oranges. Yeah. Oh, dear Rodney. Everything is toxic to you. They're not busy insulting us. They're complaining about contaminated food, improper hygiene. Even the sunlight is dangerous to them. Unwillingness <laughs> <laughs> to compromise in any trade negotiation. Instead, you choose to increase the size of your army. You built an army too. Only in response to your aggression. My aggression? Well, it's a man thing, isn't it? <laughs> the nerve to talk about aggression we're not stealing you your crossed home. into our land what do you need it for anyway it's not like you know the first thing about what to do with it oh dear that's it what do these primitive countries know please, please. <laughs> if we could discuss this reasonably i'm sure we can come to some sort of we've tried yeah but that's because clearly you're a top-class negotiator brought into this discussion i have nothing further to say she's off then yep <laughs> no messing how did we get a reputation yeah, that's what I thought. Everybody out. Nothing to be done today. Back tomorrow. Uh, not, oh, it's not entirely in safe mode. We haven't seen it from quite that angle. There is actually an open bit that they can impale each other on. <laughs> Hammer out a truce. I have run into a roadblock. Really? No, it seemed very agreeable. Oh, to you? Yeah, well, more agreeable than Richard the Lionheart. They are both refusing to compromise. You seem to have convinced them that they can't make any decisions without your guidance. That's not true. Tell them that. That's a problem. These pair can't actually play nice either. Listen. Even now, after everything Rodney's seen, he still can't help himself. Yeah. 
Ah, blue jello. <laughs> now, keep an eye on Laura's teeth. They look slightly blue. I also know you've taught us things Baden's band of knuckle-draggers won't learn for hundreds of years. Knuckle-draggers. They are slightly blue. <laughs> she's not consciously working him, but she's... I think she might be consciously working him. You think so? Yeah. You need, to, you need to take control of your own life. Start making your own decisions about your future. And there could be no future without peace. I agree. Good. Well, that was easy. And as soon as the people of Helona either concede or get out of our way, peace will be restored. Let's kill all our enemies and then we'll have peace. Oh, dear. <laughs> A rather wraith or Jinai attitude towards peace. <laughs> Great spirits have always encountered opposition from mediocre minds. I was going to say, that's something she's read. Yeah. Oh, Einstein, was it right? I was wondering. He probably didn't advocate genocide, though. No. As <laughs> a solution. I'm wondering, I don't remember this one too well, are they actually going to, is this going to be the one where they lose? Because it does happen occasionally. Occasionally. They're digging further. Every hour they intrude deeper into our land. See, this is not a good idea. This is rather Star Trek. Let's show the visiting alien all our technology and how we uh, control things. Yeah. Then turn our back on him. I'm giving him vital strategic information. <laughs> yes. Let them do whatever they want. Oh, you make a deal, trade. Uh, say you decide to share some of your weaponry and they in turn give you some of their technology. John? Go ahead. How's it going? Not very well, to be honest. He's being a little... Uh... Stubborn? I was going to use a different word. Click, click, click. Come on. Ew. <laughs> it be honest, I didn't touch it. <laughs> They're not open to any kind of deal? Not yet. Maybe we should stick them in a room for them to come to an agreement. Ah, the Jack O'Neill solution. <laughs> yeah, I said they did that in SG1. We've <laughs> been doing a lot of aggressive posturing of late. The only aggression is coming from the people of Gelding. Geldar. Whatever. Even again... It's almost as like this scene actually doesn't yeah. fit into the continuity of the episode. Rodney keeps wildly varying between what he knows is right and what he thinks. Maybe it's just the fact that he's sitting opposite John that kicks him off again. Yeah. Okay, but it is just a, a difference in cartographic interpretation. Tomato, tomato. No, no, it's pretty clear cut. These guys are pointing weapons at each other, Rodney. They're off. <laughs> What do you care anyway? It's not like your people are going to use the coal. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. You needed to power your medieval steam engine. Wait, stop it! And you're supposed to be friends, comrades in arms. Uh-oh. This game is over, so you'd better set aside your differences because if the two of you can't figure out how to forge a truce, how the hell are these people going to? Let him have it, Elizabeth. Rodney. What? You'd better come to the game room. <laughs> now what? Come on. What happened? We've just received a data stream from the planet. Uh-oh. <laughs> they wanted to do full 3D animation work, yes. but it was a bit too costly. Doesn't it look a lot like Command & Conquer? Was there a conscious mention of that in the... Uh... Well, it's basically all a variant on the RTS games, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but wasn't CNC pretty much the first. Unless you count the early Dune game. Well, looks like your war just started. Come on, John. You suspect it, surely. Yep. I did. He entered the command on your game console. I only did it because I know it's something you would have told me to do. I ordered you to make peace with these people. Come on. You have got no control over the situation. There'll be no further escalation to this conflict. Typical. Hmm. Well, there's no casualties reported. It looks like the mine was surrendered without a fight. I told my army to minimize collateral damage. Oh, if you surrender too easily, the bad guys will think... Well, they're not the bad guys. The opposition will think you're a pushover. Yeah, because they've obviously done this so well so far. Yeah. Yeah, Baden doesn't look like he gives a flying fig. <laughs> yeah, so we got the full wormhole there because this episode did run short. Most of the Zelenka and Lorne scenes were added after the fact to pad the episode out. Ended up being some of the best parts of the episode. <laughs> we just need to step back and, and reassess the situation here, okay? We should be thinking about easing tensions, not inflaming them. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on, lads. <laughs> We're on a roll. 
Divert the units away from the mine, have them gather in the village, prepare to defend it. Isn't this what you're supposed to be stopping? Yes, look. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> I agree, but you've got to give Shepard some time. He'll call off the army. Will he? You're not having much luck, Rodney. Shepard, come in. Go ahead. Are you watching what's going on here? We just got here. Pretty much the same setup as yours. We don't have electricity, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Your army is still on the march. What? Now, this is the same vintage set, and it's at the... These are at the other end of the set. Lit slightly differently. Meant not to look as prosperous. No electrical lighting. Not as much vegetation. Looks like you guys are giving up. What? No, no, no. That guy can't be right. Oh, dear. It's fast, Rodney. Well, they retreated without any kind of a fight. What kind of an army is that? <laughs> Rodney's actually insulted that his people are giving up. <laughs> Sensible. <laughs> what other plan? Why are you asking me? Ronan, I don't give a monkeys about this place. Uh, what are you doing? Preparing our counterattack. What counterattack? From information you gave us about high temperature and energetic materials technology, I have constructed a tactical explosive device. The dirigible. A bomb? You actually built a bomb? I told you we'd always be several steps ahead of Baden. Uh-oh. We're going to lure him in. That is Gore, played by John Shaw. How are you going to deliver it? I mean, the, the, the catapult couldn't possibly reach that far. I will deliver it. Using one of the airships you taught us to build. Go. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Come back. Simple chemicals and... Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Specifically, look... Okay, maybe I provided them with a list of ingredients, but... Oh, John's not happy. How much damage can it cause? Enough to take out an entire village? Well, then you must tell them to stop. I tried that, but it's already on the way. How are they delivering it? Searchable? You just had to cheat, didn't you? I did not cheat. Look... Nowhere in the rules did it specifically outlaw the development of flying machines, only the degree and speed of technological advancement. Well, they advanced pretty damn fast, didn't they? Gave an episode of Star Trek and the rest just went. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's actually, you know, giving them good advice, but these pair are just not listening, and then they just seem amazed at the consequences. Yeah. Yes, it couldn't have built SR-71 Blackbird, but a simple dirigible that can drop bombs, yeah. fine. Yeah, a balloon could do that. I mean, a dirigible is basically a balloon with directionality. Oh, perhaps the wind is more or less constant against them. Oh, dear oh, me. Yeah. You would have thought they would not have done this. Are you calling me a liar? No, I think you're trying to squeeze me for a better deal. That's what I think. Ugh, I have got nothing to hide. Now, okay, you're... okay, so maybe I'll send some of my army troops down and we'll have a look. What the hell are you two doing? Filmed after this episode was done yeah. because it ran short. But these bit together are brilliant. <laughs> you're not allowed to lock them up, more's yeah. the pity. We just saw that there was some people in trouble and we thought maybe that we could, uh, help. No. No more help. Clearly, we are not qualified. Now turn this thing off, disconnect the power, and seal the room. Yeah, but, okay, we... we now. Problem is, you can't really tell John to discipline law, neither. You think not? <laughs> I go to bed without any supper. No television for you. Yeah, well, what happened to this whole, we only have one ZPM, we barely have enough power to keep it going stuff? Well, obviously, let's not worry about that. <laughs> well, if you remember, when Rodney got zapped, he worked a lot on the power systems, yeah. didn't he? So that must be... Well, what about the point the ship was about to sink or disappear or whatever? This is a bit one-sided fight. Hmm. You could just push it. Run up behind it, just push it away instead of shooting the damn thing. Really? It'd be a laugh if it were powered by, you know, filled with hydrogen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Already on it. Hopefully. Yeah. That assumes the bomb doesn't have a pressure trigger. <laughs> yeah. It gently lands on the ground and dumping its blows on him. <laughs> he shot down our airship with the puddle jumper. No, don't worry. No one was hurt. He, he just he punctured it. it. It sank harmlessly to the ground. Yes, you can strap the bomb to your chest. Prepare the other bombs for delivery. Other bombs? Would you have more? Of course they do. Good economic sense to build more. Great. It looks far sunnier in his village than it was in Geldof. Is it just me, or does he look like a puppy that knows it's in for a telling off? Thank you for your help. You saved the lives of everyone in that village. Oh, hello. She's uh, an impressive young woman. I think the town Boxham springs to mind. <laughs> I've got the feeling, though, that she knows how to use that sword. <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know it was the sword. Oh, it went much below the chest level. Full-scale attack has been launched. 
Time to finish this walk. I'm assuming she's a non-speaking part one because she's an extra, and two because her accent isn't actually British and it sound odd. Yeah, I had a look. Couldn't find a credit for her. <laughs> Ronan's seen quite a lot of that. Yeah. Most of the time he's been the cause of it. I've seen this before. If two sides are dead set on fighting, nothing's going to stop them. So I got to get Nola to call off the attack. You couldn't do it before. What makes you think you can now? How about a little encouragement, huh? You know, go get him, Rodney. I have faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> that is not exactly diplomatic. Then we are staying put right here. Why? <laughs> okay. Oh, where'd that come from? Use your help. Come on. Whoa, what the hell's going on? Elizabeth diverted the Daedalus on its way back to Earth to check up on us. That's how annoyed she is with you. You think? Although we don't get to see Coldwell in this episode either. They just talk about him. But we gotta do something first, so come on. Well, do what? I got a plan. Well, what plan? Oh, come on already. How's the situation on your end? All out war, you? <laughs> oh, they have the Daedalus set, but not the actor? You didn't need it, did you? Let's face it. Is Daedalus a standing set, though? Yeah, they redress it to be the Odyssey. Someone said you vanished into thin air. What? No, it's ridiculous. How can we vanish? That's magic. Don't be foolish, woman. They're nearing their targets. Let's hope we strike first. Before Baden's army reaches our villages, we'll destroy their will to fight. Okay. Listen to me. For two years now, I have been the oracle to your people. I have given you much wisdom and guidance and, and bestowed much of my knowledge. Well, not really. Not by Rodney's standards, much of his knowledge. No. And yes, yes, I may just be a man, but that wisdom still remains. And now more than ever, you need to heed my guidance and call back those ships. The double shoulder grab. You see it so often in sci-fi. You told me it was time to start thinking on my own. Right? So now I am. Help! My people are looking to me. This is my decision. And we will be victorious. See, this is where she decides to think for herself. But how can she call back the ships? They don't have radio. Why won't you help us? I'm shooting down any more ships. We're done helping you wage this war. We'll shoot them down ourselves. How? Well, perhaps somebody can run along underneath them and catch them up because they don't move that fast. Because they're hand cranked. I haven't seen horses. There must be some sort of beast of burden. Not that what you're saying. Making a big mistake. The only mistake was not doing this sooner. Uh, I've always thought it's rather superfluous, you know? I mean, like, the fact that the subtitle goes beeping. I'm thinking, really? Well, like I said last time. The uh, descriptive rather than the... Could be. No, because that would say more things, I think. They've reached our villages. Two have already fallen. Our airships are almost in position. We should... They both leaders think they're going to win. No, no worries at all. Yes, fine body of men soon to become fine bodies of men and women. Oh, yeah. Enlightened for a primitive society, you know. But then again, most most of the times, the women have got to fight. We ain't got enough men. Shepherd, come in, Shepherd. Radio staff. Oh, <laughs> I ain't good. Oh dear me. Come on, it's a slaughter. John, what are you up to? <laughs> that was a bit too close for comfort, I think. Mm. Oh, they have bombs too. We need to get your people out of here now. Help them. Run for your lives. CGI effect on the horizon. <laughs> Where they're gonna go? There's the front door. Yeah. Their army has surrounded us. The road out of the village is blocked. People are being slaughtered as they try to leave. We're trapped. <laughs> Blind panic. Legends in distance. The red icons are disappearing very fast. <gasps> We're trapped. What shall we do? Oh, that ain't good. <laughs> Surrender. We're screwed. <laughs> yep. It's over. She talks about going down to a bunker. Yeah. She doesn't have a lookalike, does she? <laughs> well, there's lots of short-haired blondes in the village. <laughs> Quite easily, actually. <laughs> Where the hell are you? You dropped another bomb. Hundreds have died. How can you stand by and let this happen? Ain't my village. Lola's army has surrounded the village. I'll get you the jumper. They just destroyed it. Uh, Adam, a bigger explosion yeah. if the jumper had gone up, to be honest. Come on. <laughs> We're being overwhelmed. What should we do? Oh, yeah. his machine's gone down as well. Come on, when you've seen this episode before and you know what's going to happen, it just take that little bit of. Was I in hospital or something? I don't know. You keep saying you haven't seen these episodes. I really haven't. Could that be an air hockey table now or something like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
a fancy centipede, nine twelve. Rodney, you there? Yeah, we hear you. I'll give you a call when we're ready to be picked up. Got it. I don't understand. What's going on? What you just witnessed is what I would call another level to the game. See, we were beamed up earlier to our ship. Yes, we disappeared, as if by magic. While we were there, I had Dr. McKay hack into the two devices, upload doomsday scenarios for each of your countries into the game. Everything you saw just now was transmitted from the Daedalus. Hmm. <laughs> Do you want to play a game? Yep. <laughs> None of this was real. Uh, no one was hurt, no one was killed. All just part of the simulation. In reality, your two armies are standing down, awaiting further instructions. Mm-hmm. But we heard explosions. We felt them. Thanks to some pinpoint shots from our friends in the Daedalus. Uh, still risky, though. Really added to the realism, didn't it? As soon as they leave, <laughs> this is all on the premise that these people are going to react reasonably after the fact. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Feel what a real war is like. Yeah, Roland should know. <laughs> Couldn't have showed a bit of uh, video footage. <laughs> yeah, doom, destruction. Yeah, the scenario you shown us, not necessarily the way it worked out. War games. Both of them in a bit of a state of shock, but will it hold? Thanks, Melanie. So does she get a credit because she actually get a name? No, Melanie, the character, the actress, she wasn't the actress, she won an auction for a, a guest spot on the show. She wasn't in focus and she was on screen for about two seconds. And this episode ran short. She appeared in about three scenes. Oh. I just didn't point her out. Yeah. And you two? Called a truce yet? Yeah. Sure, we're, we're good. Yeah, don't worry, we're going to stick to chess from now on. As long as Ronnie doesn't cheat. Oh, please, like I need to cheat playing you. Okay, I'll leave you to it then. <laughs> Remember, Rodney, John is a lot smarter than he looks. Check me. Oh! What? <laughs> Ooh, no, 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 what happened there? Happened years, I just kicked your ass. No, no, I was distracted. She was, uh, she was, okay, we're going again. Best of ten. Oh, Rodney. I had a guitar teacher that I used to play chess with, and he was pretty far superior to me, but like when I was playing Thud, he was used to playing against players who had a strategy. Yeah. And I beat him, and he immediately wanted a rematch, and I was like, no, it's okay, I've gone home now. And he got really annoyed. <laughs> Not used to having an inferior player beat him. Okay then, William Wearing, the director of this episode. He directed 13 episodes of SG-1, 16 of Atlantis, and 9 of the Universe. He also directed episodes of Continuum, Strange Empire, and Painkiller Jane. Carl Binder, who did the teleplay, he wrote 2 episodes of SG-1, 14 of Atlantis, and 6 of SGU, as well as 9 additional episodes for the teleplays. Also wrote for Mysterious Ways, Cedar Cove, and the LA Complex. Don Whitehead, who created the story, He's worked on Beauty and the Beast, The Secret Circle, Smallville and Kidnapped. His writing partner, Holly Henderson, also got story credit. Again, Beauty and the Beast, Secret Circle and Smallville, but she's also worked on 24. So, that was the game. As has been mentioned, not the best episode of Season 3, but it was okay. I have no problem watching that. Watch Rodney. Apologies for the technical difficulties which caused us to lose Misha in less than halfway through. Yeah. Unfortunately, we got it back once, but not the second time. Mm. Never mind. Right then. A decent episode for Rodney and John. Out of the pair of them, I think Zelenka and Lorne were the best. Considering a lot of the scenes were probably added after. Yeah, yeah. Initially, they looked at it and thought, you know, you could help them out. You know, potatoes, cantaloupes. We could save this village. And somehow it escalated into kind of open warfare between them pair over a weave basket. Indeed. But then again, we've seen it time and time again in the online gaming. People tend to take these things very seriously. Yeah, I mean, I... Oh, that was it. I was reading an editorial to Analog. Um, they're on about, if you took someone from 50 years ago, or maybe even 70 years, yeah, say the 40s, when Analog was published as astounding and brought them forward, the idea of instant communication on a global film book encyclopedia could be seen as the internet so feel free to explore the internet but for the love of god don't read the comments <laughs> yeah jack daniel are you you yeah you what 
I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We got a little bit of feedback this week over on our Google Plus page for last week's episode. Matt McLeod posted, What a great episode. Overall, this episode is ranked very highly in the series to me, mainly because the main enemy is booked well, and it's left to the bounty hunters to carry out the dirty work. There are plenty of good laughs and drama, and Valor played her role superb. Getting close to the end of SG-1, which is kind of sad. I replied, yeah, I really enjoyed watching the episode, and not long to go now. Max says, better do the movies at the end, so was Uberb, and of course, we will be doing them. Both Continuum and Arc of Truth. Lots of Stargate birthdays for the upcoming week, and here are a few of them. On March the 16th, it's the birthday of Victor Garber, who you can currently see guest starring on The Flash. But he also appeared on Stargate Universe as Ambassador of Reader in the episode Seizure. On the 17th, it's the birthday of one of my favourite actors, Kurt Russell, who played the original Jack O'Neill in the Stargate theatrical feature. Connor Trenier, who played Michael on Atlantis and Drip on Enterprise, has his birthday on the 19th along with the actress Kelly Vint, who played the young Catherine Langford on the Stargate movie. 20th of March sees the birthday of the larger-than-life John Delancey, who played Colonel Frank Simmons on Stargate SG-1. But of course, he really hit the big time in the sci-fi community with his portrayal of Q on The Next Generation. Ingrid Cavelar shares his birthday. She appeared on three episodes of SG-1 as Major Erin Gant. Finally, Jay Davidson, the enigmatic actor, has his birthday on the 21st and he played Ra the Sun God in the theatrical Stargate feature. Just as flawed as any system lord, but he was a magnificent alien being in the movie. As always, lots more birthdays to come, and we will post them as and when. As we say, we would love to hear what you think about the podcast and Stargate in general. Tweet us or post over on Facebook and Google+. Reviews and ratings on iTunes and Stitcher would be most appreciated. If you do want to get in touch with us, then you can do so via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk or via the old faithful email, gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Google+, and we are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. And all those links can be found on our website, including the specific RSS feed, which carries every episode we have released. That can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher. If you want to find out more about Mr. Buckley and her novels, then her website is at mrbuckley.com. And you can find her on Twitter, at Mr. Buckley. The Cliff Simon Fan Network can be found at cliffsimonfans.net and on Twitter, at Cliff Simon Fans. Okay, let's return to the show. Next week's episode, Stargate SG-1, Bad Guys. Please remain calm as we attempt to rectify this most unfortunate circumstance. And we are going to have a first-time guest for that show, Andrew from Seattle. Okay then, folks, that was the game. Thank you very much for joining us for that. I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And I've been Issa. (laughs) That might have been me. Yes, that might have been me. It wasn't. (laughs) But it was. (laughs) Ta-ra, everybody. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.